Zach Semke, director of Passive House Accelerator and co-host of the Passive House podcast with Matthew Cutler-Welsh. I'd like to thank you for joining us for this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast, recorded as part of the 25th International Passive House Conference, which occurred online in September 2021. Before we get started with this episode's interview, I'd like to thank the Passive House Institute and the International Passive House Association for collaborating with us to arrange these interviews. Also, a big thank you to our sponsors who make the podcast possible. Our founding sponsors are 475 High Performance Building Supply, Baxt Ingui Architects, Glavel Foam Glass Gravel, Minotaur All-in-One HVAC and Dehumidification Units, Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US, Partel, RDH Building Science, Rockwell North America, Stillcorp, and Zola Windows. Our champion sponsors are Icon Windows and Doors and Siga. And our stakeholder partner is NYSERDA, the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. With that, please enjoy my interview with Jessica Groth-Smith and Jan Steiger, both researchers and managing directors at Passive House Institute. Well, hello, and welcome to this special episode of the Passive House podcast. And this is recorded as part of the International Passive House Conference. And I have the honor of sitting down with Jan Steiger and Jessica Grove-Smith of Passive House Institute. And uh, it's really great to be able to have this conversation with you. And thank you for taking the time. Welcome, Jan and Jessica. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. So I think... Most of the listeners are aware of both of you and of your work, but could we start by having you introduce yourselves and your role and work at the Institute? Um, so I'm Jan Steiger. I'm a trained architect, have worked as such, but came to the Institute about 10 years ago. And I oversee the department of our tools development. That's my main role. On top of that, I'm uh, part of the management of the Passive House Institute and oversee our training department and our events mainly. Great. I'll pick up on that. So my name is Jessica Grove-Smith and I joined PHI actually at a similar time as Jan, so around 10 10 years ago. And I've always been kind of in two main roles. One is in the scientific uh, group of PHI, working on research topics on special applications of passive house or or special climate zones. And the other um, is something that's also very important to me. It's kind of the international application and international networking. So um, liaising with all the partners worldwide and trying to support passive house uptake uptake internationally. And just as Jan, I'm also part of the joint um, management of PHI. Yeah. So two key movers and shakers in, in this global movement. And um, yeah, it's thank you for your work. So f- for me and probably a lot of uh, folks in North America, we're still catching up on this mountain of uh, presentations and amazing uh, information and insights from the conference. So I'm in this place of, of climbing up this mountain and, and, uh, and it's very, um, it has been a, really great learning experience. And I'm just, just for instance, listening to the sustainability scenarios uh, panel that, that Jan, you chaired, um, which was full of incredible information and also um, kind of models that we can apply in North America in terms of explaining and understanding how Passive House fits with this big clean energy transition. So this is just a long-winded preface to this question of, uh, to both of you about 
about your experience of the conference and what were some of the key takeaways that you that you brought from the conference? How was this conference maybe different from previous years? Um, so let's dive into that. Well, I could say um, the urgency is is what really uh, struck me, right? Um, so we have to act really now, not in five years or something like that. And we cannot do with any in-between steps like shallow measures first and then get more efficient. We have to do the best we can right now, whenever we can. That's what I remember mainly from the first sessions. Yeah, fully agree. I think that's that's something that we saw throughout the entire conference that kept coming up in presentations, but also in the chat that people just kept saying, we don't have any time to lose. We had the presentation by Diana Jogafozatz really setting the scene at the beginning on the IPCC report. And then we had the plenary um, presentation from PHI, which kind of showed different pathways based on the example of Germany. What happens if we just continue based on normal legislation as, as, as we are currently implementing in Germany? that we're completely going to fail climate targets and that we really need to implement efficiency to the level of passive house if we want to get anywhere close to the 1.5 uh, degrees target. So that was something that was definitely prevalent throughout throughout the conference. I have to admit with you, Zach, I'm also still catching up. It was very dense conference with a lot of, a lot of content <laughs> with the parallel session. So there's always more to discover. So it's great to still those presentations. Well, I think um, there are about 30 two-hour two -hour videos, I think. I haven't counted it. <laughs> yes, it's, I, it, yeah. it's a, well, maybe that's an exaggeration, but there are a lot. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah very diverse, ranging yeah. from kind of the policy aspects or how to communicate passive files, how to get people on board, or the actual technical solutions of how to implement it. It's just a just a uh, wide range. So in Germany, is there a sense that um, from kind of the general uh, policymaking community and um, Others, sort of non-passive house folks, who are involved in the build, in the building space, that the current trajectory is adequate. Is there a like? Is there a wake-up call that you're like, "Hey, you guys, come on"? Well, I think most people know that it's not adequate. Okay. And they've even announced when they recently updated the regulations that there's going to be another update. Mm -hmm. But my impression is, and Jan, please add to this, but my impression is that nobody really knows how and where to tighten it or what direction to go on. And it's certainly not yet clear that it will go into the direction of efficiency of passive house where we need, need it to be. So embodied carbon and, and energy storage, electrification, those are themes that have been um, kind of rising up, uh, I think, in the general awareness um, among architects around the world. What what role did you see that play? Those those things play in the conference. And... These are topics that come up every now and then. Also on this conference, uh, embodied carbon was discussed a lot. But it was also agreed upon the fact that efficiency has to come first. That was my impression. So yes, we can look at embodied carbon, but uh, in the end, uh, you have to implement efficiency either way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was my impression. Yeah. Jessica, correct me. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. I entirely agree. But also in this whole idea and context of urgency, there's also an increased trend of the passive house community saying, yes, efficiency first, but maybe we need to be looking beyond that and also think about topics of, of, of embodied carbon. 
And when we talk about things like energy storage and peak loads and things like that, it's, it's, it's similar, basically. It's kind of passive house or energy efficiency is that pathway. It provides the solution to the problems that we're facing. It just won't work. It won't scale. If we're looking only at renewable energy supply, we'll, we'll reach limits um, with the energy storage. So it's um, all those discussions took place at the conference. I think they're very healthy discussions. They're very good and constructive discussions. But it comes down to, as Jan was saying, efficiency is the key to the solution. Right. Uh, you know, I was struck by uh, in Simone Kreutzer Westland's presentation, which was I think called Passive House Zero. Is that it? Was that right? Mm -hmm. Where she was, it was essentially a um, a examination of what it would take to actually create a carbon neutral building. Um, because I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of enthusiasm around, you know, sequestering carbon in natural materials. And can we actually like be sequestered? Can we use buildings to sequester carbon and actually be part really truly part of like drawing down the carbon in the atmosphere? Um, and what the takeaway from, from Simone's, at least my takeaway from Simone's presentation was that, uh, you need to do everything and you have to do everything really, really well to get to zero that you need, you need a, a, a grid that is, is super clean and you need to, to think about energy efficiency, you know, dial in energy efficiency at passive house levels and do and look at the embodied carbon of, of the materials and think about how that those materials then can be reused and in, in, you know, kind of with Lego pieces. So it was, uh, it was, great to see that it was possible and also a little sobering like you know and uh, um I, I think a a good pushback on the danger of kind of, of greenwashing um around around this yeah the danger of greenwashing and i think also the danger of just being able overwhelmed and just feel feeling daunted by the whole thing and not knowing where to go or what to start so i think something that i really appreciate and a knowledge and and love about this whole passive house community is having these um working on these solutions that you know are going to have a very big effect and implementing that to a very high quality um, and then considering things on top of that but not getting lost and overwhelmed by the whole yeah. overall picture and then not doing anything because you're stuck in limbo um, right. right well that's 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 almost a narrative about the whole climate crisis in general mm -hmm. right like and and it can yeah. and, it, and it can feel daunting but but I guess the good news is you just you can start anywhere. There are so many ways that we can be working to 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 uh, lessen the the problem. So, yeah, Correct. yeah, we just need to make sure we're not wasting opportunities. And yeah, right, right, good point. Yeah. So, uh, Jan, you you also were involved in the session around outfit. Is that right? Can you can you um, talk a little bit about the that initiative and why what it is and why it's important? Well, Outfit is a EU-funded project um, we're working on together with seven or eight partners from all across Europe. And uh, we deal with quick and cost-efficient and reliable renovation. That's that's our focus. Uh, so what comes to mind here, that is prefabricated renovation, but also renovation that has been organized very, very well. So you can do it very quickly from the outside of a building and thereby scale up the whole thing, right? Um, I mean, Energy Sprung is something which has been done a lot of times. We want this to be uh, done in highest efficiency and reliable uh, energy performance so we can achieve our goals. Um, just renovating uh, the building stock with high renovation. Um, what's the word for that? 
Rate. Um, rates. That's word mm -hmm. rate. Thank you very much. Yep. And th that doesn't help uh, if it's if it doesn't uh, if we don't achieve those high performance buildings because we'll we'll be stuck for the next fifty years with uh, still a very considerable amount of CO two emissions. So we have to get down there, and this is what we try to demonstrate that it can be done. And we want to provide the um, the means, like tools, like certification concepts. Uh, to to achieve that, this is what we're working on. Right. So it's it's uh, it's bringing the 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 performance rigor of Enerfit to to um, this scaling up of retrofits. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's so important. It feels like we're reaching some inflection points with with new construction, um, um, where in some in some places in some circumstances. Um, yeah, there's really little or, or no cost delta between conventional construction and passive house. And so that, and a lot of that has to do with all the innovation and all the experience that, that practitioners have gained. And the fact that, you know, the manufacturers are, are ramping up and there's, there are more cost-effective high-performance components and all those things like the, where this industry is growing. And that, that feels very similar to what has happened in clean energy with, with, solar panels and wind turbines and, and, and all that. And there's this place also where we need to be doing more kind of almost like advanced research or, or where, where is the next, where, what is the next hurdle that we need to, to um, uh, overcome and leap over in order to really, really make this transition in the built environment and in decarbonization. And so this is this outfit, like there, Initial, the, it's early days with with this with this uh, approach to building, um, but it could have the same experience of with greater scale and I imagine and innovation and and solutions and and lessons learned of seeing seeing the cost delta between a conventional uh, kind of retrofit I guess is what your the baseline and an outfit retrofit um, so uh, it's. I really that 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 um that work that like the next five to ten years work is so important. Um, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it is important, absolutely, totally agree here. <laughs> um, uh, I think I need to talk less, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick the questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're also in the in the in the business of persuading, right? Of uh, of moving moving new, you know, bringing new people into the fold in in this uh, kind of um, understanding of how to do passive house. So, what what were some uh, how, how did that come up in the conference? Jessica, persuasion is your expertise. <laughs> it's, it's, I do my best. Well, there were some, <laughs> there were some dedicated um, presentations where people shared their personal experiences on how they talk about passive house, how they talk to the clients. Um, um, I'd have to look up the specific presentations that were there, but there were some dedicated actual um, discussions on presentations on the topic. Um, something that also pops up in my mind is the whole EFA network. So the whole affiliates internationally that are very engaged in promoting Passive House. And one of the activities that has taken place this year is um, 
the um, the icebox challenge, which has happened again and again over the years in different parts of the country. But this year we had one in Glasgow, and that's looking like it's having quite a lot of impact because it's happening in Glasgow, where the climate conference is going to take place later yet year. So it stirred quite a lot of interest. Um, so we had the icebox challenge, where basically uh, you have one box that is built to passive house standard and one box that is built to uh, national code. They're both filled with ice. And then you watch over a period of time how quickly that ice melts. And there was a huge difference that the ice within the code box melted very quickly. And at the end of the time, there's still quite a bit left in the passive house. So it visually really shows the impact um, that the thermal envelope has um, of, of building differently. Um, so that's one way of really engaging the public and reaching new um, new people. And I'm hoping that within the context of Glasgow, that we're also reaching out to quite a lot of policymakers and hopefully making some impression on that international um, level. So that's just one example of of, of communicating passive house and, and getting it getting it across to people. Right. And 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 uh, IFA and PHI, will, you 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 all will have a presence um, at the conference. Yeah, is my understanding right in Glasgow? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We yes. we most certainly will. We have over the past years always attended mm-hmm. the the past the, the COP conference um, with stands or just making sure we're kind of part of the discussion and engage um, with participants. We always partner with kind of the local affiliates. So this year, that's the Passive House Trust in the UK, mm-hmm. um, and so we we. Participate in presentations, and we also organize um, a tour of buildings. Um, so there'll be actually the opportunity for policymakers to visit different passive house projects around Glasgow and see how it's being implemented, and talk to the actual architects and the clients and the and the occupants about their experiences. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing like seeing proof of concept in exactly. the real world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and. There, there were lots of projects presented as well. Speaking of projects and proof of concept at the conference, um, what were, what were some of the, um, what was the overall impression of that kind of um, body of work that was shared at the conference, or at least the the piece that 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 you've been able to see so far since we know that there's so many. Well, I always find it fascinating that every presentation you hear, every project that's being presented is one little detail where you learn something new, <laughs> how it's being how it's being approached. And generally, it's just fascinating to see how diverse these projects are and how people implement them in their specific context and their specific country and um, find a solution or just yep, have a passive house that works in their specific context. So there's really huge variety from the single family house to the uh, multifamily, of course, but then also a variety of non-residential buildings, and that internationally, it's just um, always very inspiring um, to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, as as you're looking ahead, um, where do you want to see Passive House? What do you see? I guess what do you see for Passive House on the horizon, both in terms of where where you see it's going, and then maybe your kind of your hopes for what that um, where that will go. Well. Passive house is already what we have to do, where we have to go. So there's no need to change that dramatically. Um, It would be great if it could be accepted by governments, by local authorities as an alternative approach to whatever uh, is the local requirement, right? So if someone does passive house, if someone even certifies this building, if that could be accepted as proof that this building is, well, future ready, that that would be really great. That's my point. Yeah, I, I second that. That's a really, really valuable um, uh, way forward. I think generally, 
just any kind of barriers, anything that makes it uh, difficult to uh, quickly and easily implement Passive House. And those can be policy barriers, um, but they're also, um, well, not barriers, but still things that are holding it back in terms of the expertise, <coughs> in terms of maybe the locally available components. So the Passive House concept as a whole for the standard, but also everything that encompasses it with the training for people, the training or the, the, the component certification, all the puzzle pieces are there. But I think um, one of the challenges of this community or of, of, of implementing the solutions is to make sure that they're scalable and that they're scalable at a, at a very quick pace. So anything, any barriers, uh, work on removing those barriers so that, that we can make sure that these solutions are being implemented as quickly, as quickly as possible. And, and part of that would also be that the calculation method, the verification with the PHPP would be accepted. Uh, this this is one of the big steps uh, to be taken because I've been talking about reliable uh, retrofits. They are reliable because of the calculation within PHPP and the, the quality assurance. And uh, if that has been taken care of, then the building more or less performs according to plan. And this is so important for all these buildings. Uh, this is so important for climate protection, actually. And well, I'm really happy and really appreciate all the effort that is being done also in the US, for instance, to uh, discuss with the local authorities about the acceptance of PHPP, uh, which will reduce those barriers, as, as Jessica mentions. Well said, well said. Well, I'm going to take in slip on one little announcement yeah. here that we made at the final closing is that we're very excited for PHPP 10 to finally be out. So that was a big, big announcement as part of the conference that we said it's really important for us to have PHPP 10 out, at least in German version for now. Um, and that was announced at the end of the conference. So that's also a step step forward. And, and Jan, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. It goes to the whole team who worked on that of for course, years, I have to add. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's an honor to, to be able to hang out with both of you and, and to have this conversation. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close up? I'm happy. I think this was a nice summary of, of the conference and of, of where we're headed. And um, we're looking Great. forward to seeing more and more projects implemented. Yeah, you're here. Oh. I, I feared that uh, a lot of people would get desperate during this conference because there were so many warnings and there were so many stories about it's more or less too late already. Um, but, I mean, we also heard so many good examples. We saw so many positive uh, projects and, and feelings. So I want to say, uh, go on, carry on with what you're doing. Uh, it, will, it will make a change in the end. Yeah, that's so right. So this is what we have to tell everyone. Yeah, thank you. Jan. It'll change things. Yeah. Thanks, both of you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.